I'm Sinead O'Moore and you're listening to Every Mum the Podcast, supported by Water Wipes, the world's purest baby wipes, made with only two ingredients, 99.9% purified water and a drop of fruit extract. From fertility to birth to taking care of ourselves, here we talk to women about their own unique experiences of motherhood. The insane joy and the anxious defeat, the love, the laughs, the tears, and the moments that we don't talk enough about. This season is supported by one of the most essential products for every mum. From that first nappy change to those messy winning months, water wipes. Winners of seven National Parenting Product Awards 2021, including Best Baby Wipes, water wipes are proven to be purer than cotton wool and water, making them ideal to help protect and gently cleanse sensitive skin. As the number one baby wipe in Ireland, together we are committed to providing more support for parents with trusted products and this podcast. In this episode, I am joined by senior paediatric dietitian, mother of three and founder of weaning.ie, Kathy Monaghan, to talk about the realities of family food. Of course, weaning can be fun, it's messy, but it's an anxious time as parents try to follow the rules with a baby who has their own mind. From the baby aisle solutions to the expectation of fresh organic food served three times a day, it can bring an extra layer of pressure to parents who want to serve good food, avoid the tantrums, and all within the realities of a busy life. Kathy brings it back to basics with the reassurance we all need to hear. Food is about connection. And the greatest thing we can serve our children at mealtimes is our undivided attention. So put down the day, switch off the devices, worry less about how much they do or they don't eat, avoid the battlegrounds, and instead build a healthy relationship with family food that will last their whole lives. thank you so much for joining me on every month the podcast and thank you so much for getting me through what I will fully admit is my least favorite stage of baby and that is weaning okay it's the mess it's the yeah it is the mess it is the mess before that year you get used to having an untidy house and clutter and everything but food brings the real mess doesn't it food and and the having to think and I don't know maybe it's because of a breastfeeding thing I never had to plan like I did when food came along when weaning comes along and it became like a oh this is a there's a whole other job here in the preparation and the planning and the making and the chopping and the serving and then the rejecting and you can't just gosh we'll just get a takeaway you can't you can't just cover it that way yes no. so it is a it is a a huge, I suppose, uh, milestone for parent and child, mother and child. Um, I say parent, but really it falls on the mum. Or most of the time it falls on the mum. But definitely dads are getting more emails from dads now. And I think dads are coming along to the classes more and everything. So um, but then we have to get better at delegating a bit as well or not trying to do it all. It's not easy. Which is moral of the story, I think, for most of of parenting the, yes. the and also I think do you feel like we're putting really unnecessary pressure on ourselves to create these masterpieces absolutely 100 percent. so I suppose uh part of my 
being or why I started weaning.ie um you know um parents you know I I suppose after having my own kids or my my eldest my mum wasn't too long dead when I had uh, my first and uh, obviously a massive adjustment having a baby well I suppose I was grieving a bit as well and or a little bit I a bit a big bit um and then when I started solids I was thinking oh my god thank god I have the job that I have if I didn't have the job that I have I would be so stressed now or you know you're trying to do everything perfectly you want to do everything right um I was just so relieved that I had the job that I had um so that I could decipher fact from fiction uh you know I could see ads and say well that's not right or that's that's just trying to get me stressed you know um and you can you know so food I, we go into weaning obviously want or feeding kids you know we want to do it right we want to do perfection you know I, I, I know it doesn't feel like it at the time but when we're on maternity leave we do have more time to cook the food it doesn't feel like it at the time but that you know when work comes back in um, more kids pregnancy whatever comes in obviously time diminishes 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 uh, so but while you think I can do this in the beginning with nice fancy recipes realistically when you get a few months in um, real life kicks in and you know that's when it gets more difficult and by that stage if you've gone down the kind of commercial path recipe path your baby has got used to a certain standard of food, a certain taste of food, a certain sequence of food, colors, plates, bowls, you know, perfection. And then you go back to work and everything else happens and you just can't keep up the standard that you'd started with. And then, you know, baby has learned one way, but you can only provide another way now. And therein lies the problems. Um, so, you know, I suppose the whole, my whole thing is about starting how you mean to go on focus less on feeding the baby but think more about the future five-year-old you're not feeding a baby you're teaching your future five-year-old the relationship with food the, to eat the same food that you how meals work in your house how some days we've time some days we don't and we roll with it as a family and um, so that's kind of where I came about and um, you know I suppose um, from being in the hospital uh, you don't get to you don't get to meet parents until there's problems and then when you do get to meet them you don't get to spend as much time with them as you'd like to get to spend time with them obviously because time constraints and everything so I suppose me being able to get in early and help people is my aim uh, because family life and food are so important you know we're going to be eating together for at least 20 years um, so if it's a negative thing something that you dread something that you feel like you fail at you know that's no good for anybody parent or child um so i'm hoping to help people with that and that's my aim um and then i suppose i have my kids i have three kids now so i have an 11 year old 10 year old and a three-year-old and a big shock for me kind of is how little time i actually spend with my 10 11 year old you know so uh, obviously we're all in the same house and everything but I'm part of their life I am I'm not their life you know they have their sports they have their friends they have PlayStation they have school they have camps they have uh, football whatever everything so if family meals were a negative I don't know when the positive would be because it's the only time really that we sit together you know that because we're all busy in other directions and that's a a, a big shock for me kind of 
in the whole family scheme of things do you know what I mean like as they age that's the thing like you know so my daughter's just turned five and I'm beginning that I'm feeling you know the level of independence the level of you know activities and friendships like if I was to ask her like do you want to hang out with me or do you want a play date with you know her friend she'd be mm-hmm. like get me out of here and we don't see that in our timeline we don't see yeah. that coming in our future when we're when we're the only world to our little ones we can't imagine a time where there is that kind of degree of separation yeah. and yeah it's true they'll come home when they're hungry that's yeah. the only time she kind of yeah. she she approaches the bench is if you know I'm what's hungry for yeah what's for dinner um but it's food is a massive foundation for family life but it's also you know like you know your day is marked through food. Celebrations are marked through food. Your week has different styles to, to tell your system what's going on. But it's also a battleground. You know, I don't want that. I do want that. That's touching this. That's tu- like, it's, it's, and I've had to adjust my mind and become like really relaxed to the point that I'm concerned about nutrition. Because if I continued the battleground, I could just feel like it was just becoming way too strained. Um, even I was anticipating problems that weren't occurring. You know, deciding not to go out for meals in case it's just too stressful instead of letting them experience eating outside, allow them to be children eating outside. Exactly. That yep. what they're doing is normal. And kind of like, I don't know, but it's not easy. It's not easy, especially, you know, when the table turns to look at you and you're like, yes, that's my child. That's my child making that whole mess. But like it's, I think for parents when it comes to weaning, there's the books and the recipes for how to make it, but not enough around how to like make this a functioning part of daily life as a family. Yeah, yeah. How to do this and have your job and get your time for yourself and be a couple or whatever. Yeah, and how not to have like you know that one family time be argument you know yeah. when you get home from work you pick them up from crash everyone is carrying the day everyone is a bit cranky everyone is very much ready for bed and it's like eat this no why are we doing this <laughs> yeah and I, but I think um our generation, like you're probably a bit younger than me, but we're, uh, you know, used to being in control, used to things uh, being in a certain sequence, performing in a certain way. And there is an adjustment in how much you can control and your role in the whole thing. You know, you don't have to control everything. Your, your job isn't to get X into Y's stomach. You know, your job is more the experience of the meal, the interaction it's like I I feel sometimes as parents we go into every meal with a leave insert standard kind of you expect their a game at every single meal Mm. you know and that's just not realistic you know imagine if you approach their school lives like that the poor kids will be born out so uh, there's a lot as parents that we have to unlearn Mm. for like if you think about so I, I know you've been breastfeeding before whether you're breastfeeding or bottle feeding you know you can't see the food or you know you can't control how much goes into their stomach you respect their ability to know 
when they need food, how much they need and uh, when they've had enough. And it's to try and feed your child with that same respect that, uh, you know, your full term healthy baby who's grown well before they started solids, knew how much they needed, knew when they were full, you know, they, they roll with it. So really, we have a lot to learn from them. So we don't have to control everything. We don't have to, um, we don't have to get serious about it. Uh, you know, we can, once we know the nutritional needs, the certain foods that we need to offer, that we've ticked whatever boxes for growing that we need to tick, you know, then um, we can take the pressure off ourselves. We can take the pressure off our kids. You know, my, I, you know, everybody's into manifesting these days. And <laughs> my, uh, my line is manifest the kind of atmosphere you want at your kitchen table at your meals when your child is 15 and 16 so for me I would like my kitchen table to be a place where their friends are always welcome I'll pull an extra plate whenever a friend comes to the table it's we come together we have the chats we find out what's happening in each other's day but it's not they don't have to bring their a game they don't have to uh I don't expect leaving search effort uh, that it's more about that they're happy to be there. It's like, you know, a child in school, if they're happy to be there, they'll learn by default. If your child is happy to be at your table, um, the food will follow. So um, stop focusing on what reaches the belly. That requires effort on our part to also park whatever is going on in our stress zone. Mm. And for us to come to the table ready to listen, ready to be patient not be on our phones or our laptops or replying to the email. Yeah. You know, I'm even finding, you know, now that we've hit kind of when we were at maybe four and five, not having conversations with my husband about business of the day that we would have to have because she's looking at us and now she just is like, stop talking. Mm. <laughs> and it's like, okay, yeah, actually we're talking over her on stuff that's, we can just talk about it when she goes to bed. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like boring home insurance sort of level yeah. of stuff and it's like oh yeah. yeah bring it back down and not be busy and impatient like I I definitely sometimes come to the table being like the purpose of this is for you to have a full stomach so that you sleep longer but also to get you to bed so get on with it instead like and I have to I feel it I do I feel that and I have to listen and say like switch that off because mm. it's just only going one way she will refuse it. There will be tears. She'll be, you know, the, I don't know, like, what do we even do now? Like when we were that, if we didn't eat dinner, we were sent to bed hungry. I'm like, is that a thing that we're allowed to do anymore? But maybe they're not hungry at the same time. So, yeah. um, you know, intuitive eating, it's, uh, you know, they were able to decide how much milk they needed. And we, uh, you know, I suppose that's the beauty when you're, breastfeeding is that you can't measure the ounces and you you know they're growing fine and but the perfection and perfectionistism in us kind of can come into food so it's trying to feed with a breastfeeding mentality nearly um that you're not measuring how much they eat and some days they're hungry some days they're not uh you know say your partner husband uh you'll never say come on you need to eat a bit more now you haven't had enough there you need to eat a bit more you know you respect quite the, that they're... Quite the opposite you'll find <laughs> <laughs> and but then like often as well as parents you know sometimes they go off their food and then sometimes they're eating too much but we worry equally about both we can't find the middle ground so it's finding the middle ground with both that uh, oh my god they're eating too much too much too much oh my god they're not eating enough so 
you know, let it balance itself out. Um, and some, you know, if, when both of us are working, it's sometimes you need to uh, nearly debrief yourself before you serve the meal, whether it's, you know, dancing around the kitchen with kids, whether it's sitting down reading a book, uh, like a, even two minutes of just, you know, reconnect, stress, you know, clear the head for rather than, oh my God, I have to send this email. Okay, you have to eat this. Come on, quick, you know, that it'll probably save you time um, from arguing and whatever if you ground yourself a little before the meal. Um, and I, I suppose uh, it's to try and to, trying to eat together. I, I, I know that's difficult for a lot of parents that um, often, you know, the kids will be fed, fed, kids put to bed, and then the parents eat together to have parent time. But uh, you want to make your aim the norm so that, uh, you know, if your child is used to eating with you, they're going to be easier to eat out with. They're going to be easier to eat in other people's houses. They're going to be uh, more familiar with the foods that you eat together. So rather than them, then us, you know, that's that if they're not used to sitting with you, they're going to be uh, like they're out of their comfort zone. Then if they're eating out with you because they're not used to sitting with you or they're in granny's house, they're out of the comfort zone. If I'm supposed to be sitting around the table with five people, and I, I'm not used to doing that. So it's make your aim the norm with the atmosphere and everything. And then the food will follow. This podcast is just one way that every mum can support you. Another amazing way is with our free gift bag, packed full of essentials for you and baby, including free samples of water wipes, the number one wipe against nappy rash. To receive yours, just register now on everymum.ie. There's a free gift bag there waiting for every mum. Which is why, you know, I think as a parent as well, I suppose one of the things that can be stressful is when you you do feel like there is judgment from others around you know what they you know what you choose to feed your child or you know let's just say it is in that social setting and you're like should I show others that they definitely eat a vegetable sometimes or will I eat the broccoli yeah (laughs) or do I accept defeat in this and actually go just have the sausages and chips because we're all here to just have a lovely family meal and move on with our day and then tomorrow be back on track but there is this again it goes back down to what you said about you know our generation perhaps I don't know if it's our generation but there's something in inside us that feels like we have to be like showing I've got this and I'm doing it right and I'm following the rules and I'm not a bad mother and you know food can sometimes be an outward symbol of that and I remember even when I was beginning to kind of find a bit of a mum network and they'd all not they'd all but on occasion there'd be you know huge preparation involved in terms of so we'd be sitting down at a park or something and the lunchbox would have come out and it would be you know grated kale and sweet potato frittata situations cut into different shapes and I'm like I just brought this banana it's like I just yeah well I'd be the person with the banana too um and and, and good for them good for them yeah but I I felt regardless of nutrition regardless of children being happy on a mat it was another way that I was being critical and judging my abilities Mm. as a mother 
and a sense of I wonder do they think that I'm too lazy or I don't care about this or I'm not being experimental enough or that I'm not following the plan or that my child isn't going to taste those 100 foods in 100 days or whatever it is we're putting pressure on ourselves but yeah it was another stick to beat my you know ma'am judgment with guilt yeah 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 for me I suppose uh, people are always going to be watching what my kids are eating and it's nearly yeah. an occupational yeah. <laughs> it's an occupational hazard on my part that uh so for me or for my kids not to be judged well I just you know I know people will be watching what my kids are eating so would I kind of remove all as much as I possibly can any um expectations I have for what they eat when they eat and it's nobody else's business um you know like if if you have dinner with us you're seeing one meal you don't know what they've eaten that week and it's none of your business what they've eaten that week you know but um if that's not too a harsh way of putting it but it's you know you don't know um I could have had frittata courgette and whatever things for breakfast and you know now it's something else so you know our what goes into our kids belly is not a performance indicator of our parenting because you said like even on holidays you know you know there's a there's there's a behavioral milestone that has to be you know you just you have either you got to get through the airport or you've just got to get through something you know and it's the same in normal life Mm. there's usually things instances where you just have to get your child from a to b with the least amount of meltdowns and yeah I'll pull out a tiny marshmallow yeah you know but that's what you know that's okay everything in balance you know uh, I suppose we have grown up with diet culture as well and yeah there is um, there's a shame around like should I be eating this myself and therefore am I feeding it the wrong thing to my child and and you know we hear so much about you know diabetes in children and sugar or even just you know obesity levels and all of this is swimming in my 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 mind and it's also linked to how I feel about my body Mm. And you're like, on one hand, I don't want to pass down any like self-hatred of, you know, body shape. But on the other hand, I'm like, no, you can't have all of that sugar because it's not good for you. And it's like, where do you find the line between positivity and also reality? And I suppose um, all we ever hear about is obesity, type 2 diabetes, you know, type 1 diabetes not caused by diet, but type 2 diabetes um but like there's been a huge increase in the number of eating disorders the number of uh people looking for beds in eating disorder units um the mental health aspect of an unhealthy relationship with food so uh kind of we need to focus more on the middle ground rather than if they eat a marshmallow thinking you know that it's bring ourselves back to the middle ground uh, how you want the atmosphere around food you know like I suppose if we didn't, if we spent less time thinking about our body shape, our, um, what we eat, how we eat, you know, if it was just something that we did, that it was a natural, like we breathe and walk and talk and whatever, you know, we'd have so much more uh, space in our day, in our brain for doing other things for, do you know what I mean? Mm. For finding, for just living. Yeah, it's it's perfection is taking up too much time. And then like the baby food and beverage market is the fastest growing food and beverage market in the world. So, um, you know, it's not in their best interests that you feel confident 
about feeding your child and that you feel that you're doing it right. My aim is to get you out of that zone and go, okay, they need this, 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 this. I've done that. Okay, what else have we got to do today? And get on with living rather than um, the leave third performance um, at every meal that, you know, real life, bringing it back to balance. Uh, and that's going to be better for our family relationships, our mental health, our kids' mental health, their friends coming to the table, get to know their friends. You know, that's does that make sense? Yeah, but it's, it's also, you say there, the, the, the baby food and beverage market is the fastest growing. You know, in a time where, you know, there is absolutely a cost of living crisis and mm. for many families moving on to weaning stage and trying to feed their children with the best of intentions, with the least of time, you walk down that baby aisle where you're hoping to find solutions with nutrition and mm. speed so expensive yeah exactly yeah like and environmentally like the pouches aren't even recyclable so and it's it's the pouches but even where I make the comparison and I should like it's a really maybe it's a very bad example but I think it's the comparison for me is so obvious if you look at like the kids like puff crisps which, you know, whatever, the puffy corn yeah. crisp type things. And you compare it to exactly a similar product on an adult sure. aisle. Mm-hmm. And obviously the adult aisle may have more salt and flavorings. But, but it's, it's the same shape, same experience, same, same package, shape, same, same experience, same technique. Technically, it's the same food group, same yeah. processing. But they put a baby picture on it. And it's like, and call it a vegetable, call it a vegetable. And it's two or three times the price. Yep. And that to me is the most obvious sign of something is playing on my, something is manipulating me here at a like cost level that like, should I just buy the packet of potato snack and give her one and it's not even about volume. I don't know. I, I just feel like there's... Well, under one, we have to watch the salt, but then it's kind of, you know, we don't have to worry as much. Um, generally, if there's a picture of a baby or a cartoon par- character on a product, it's sweeter. It's uh, packaged in a way that's, um, you know, attractable to children, you know, made to make it look like a toy and it's five times the price. But we actually don't have to buy any sort of baby products whatsoever you know you I'm not saying don't but I'm saying you don't have to um and like I'm out I, my youngest is three now so I don't really have any products but you know you do have your reserves there for disastrous days we all have pear-shaped days and you know that's just real life but it's about uh not you know I've met parents with three and four year olds who'll only eat 10 pouches a day and you know getting out of that at that age is is way more difficult than just not getting into that in the first place and you know we're none of us want to waste food none of us want to waste money on food so if we can bring our kids to the table share the food that we enjoy so you know you might have different taste preferences than I do but it doesn't mean that what you eat is superior nutritionally than what I eat you know maybe we just prepare them in different ways and add different spices or whatever but uh you know recipes are kind of irrelevant it's the ingredients and you know, 
eggs as frittata is no superior than scrambled egg with a few veg on the side you know and less effort less waste um and kind of the less the simpler things are the less disheartened you are when they're not eaten you know (laughs) and the less effort you put into cooking a food the more time you have to sit Mm. with your child to eat the food so uh you know you're not doing a better job by spending hours cooking if that makes sense um but to having your eyes open in the supermarket and and knowing I think one of the greatest examples I saw from following you on Instagram was when you showed the sugar of a rich tea biscuit versus the baby all biscuits or baby all products. Mm. And you start being like, oh, hang on. Like there's a, you know, you buy a long roll of rich tea biscuits for like 49 cents. That will well last you. Yep. And or this particularly, I love those Tesco finger shape ones. Yep. Um, what am I doing spending money and I know like we want to do our best but the reality of life right now is that our grocery bills are really going too high for a lot of families yeah. and release that guilt and be like it's okay to buy that actually I'm going to look at the label I'm going to see that there's you know where are the safe levels but I mm-hmm. feel like it's an education piece again that we just feel like we're being marketed to as opposed to being empowered to know yeah to shop wisely yeah and the more packets you have the more that go off and go soft and you end up throwing them in the bin so you know if you know yeah exactly yeah and then from a kid's point of view you know they get hooked on whatever tv show you know if they want Coco Melon, all they want is Melon. <laughs> they want peppa pig all they want is peppa pig they have a favorite teddy bear you know they want to wear the same shoes they like whatever you know they're creatures of habit so when it comes to food, it's in their nature to be creatures of habit. So if they get used to one type of packet or one type of, you know, a cracker always looks the same, uh, the packet always looks the same. A So, you know, so food out of packets is more appealing to children because it always looks the same. It always is the same color, uh, you know, and that's not accidental. That's how they they, they feel secure when things are the same. Whereas when you cook a dinner, you know, the broccoli is soft one day, it's hard the next day, it's big today, small tomorrow, uh, it's, you know, there was a, a bigger bit of pasta and a smaller, you know, it changes. So they, they're not naturally good with change. So uh, from our point of view, we have to try and keep them in a, a safe amount of change. But if, you know, when I suppose when you find life has gone pear-shaped and as in, you know, work is mental, I have to buy this, have to buy this, you kind of have to go after a day or two, go, okay, right, I need to get out of this or I'm making my life way more complicated, mm. you know. So keep keep the future five-year-old in mind, keep the future, uh, you know, it's in your best interest to pull yourself back and go, right, even if it's, you know, plain pasta with a few frozen peas thrown in, that's uh different looks different different colors different textures different you know um so kind of well, yeah when you start to offer i suppose when you're going back to work have a little list in your head or whatever of what are my last minute meals uh what can i throw on the table in minutes when real life comes in whether it's scrambled egg and toast beans on toast like uh i know that sounds probably ridiculous to some people but uh, we've gone away from big beans on toast family 
yeah, you know, but we've gone away, I suppose beans, you know, are a vegetable protein, maybe the sauce has salt and sugar in it, but the actual beans are, you know, there's nothing wrong with them. Uh, but uh, somehow over the last couple of years, beans, baked beans kind of have fallen out of fashion. And, uh, you know, in some times they've been replaced by chicken nuggets, frozen pizzas and whatever. But beans are so much more superior nutritionally, um, whatever, than so, you know, keep just stop and think for a few minutes. And I hope that doesn't sound ridiculous. But uh, no, uh, but yeah, like go back to basics as well. Like, yeah. And I think relinquishing the control and allowing it you know I, I know you know some friends even when childcare would begin and your child is being fed now in whatever is being fed in the crash that day and that can be kind of triggering for some people as well mm. because they have been really following a plan um and you know switching from oh they always have weetabix but now they're going to be served porridge it's or or, or vice versa mm. And like, it will all be fine. It's all okay. Yeah. We can find ways, not find ways. There are ways that we just feel really vulnerable when it comes to making sure that our kids are having the absolute best. Because again, it's another symbol of I'm doing it my best. Mm. And and it's, yeah, it's, you know, a cutting off a little string of control. Um, and sometimes at that age, you know, you know, depending on when they start childcare or whatever, it can be the time when fussy eating and that comes in. And, you know, maybe it was going to come in anyway. It wasn't the, the change of uh, going back to crash and things like that. And I suppose my thing is, uh, if my kids are only with me, they only learn from me. They only learn my way of doing things. They only, um, you know, they, they learn things my way. But from my point of view, anyway, when they go to childcare, when they go to my in-laws, you know they learn their way of doing things my you know they they learn different things they you know my mother-in-law teaches them how to bake more than I would um they play cards they do you know so they benefit in so many other ways that um you know we still have our meals here and whatever but there's so many other benefits that they get from from going to different places when takes, I pick, takes takes a village when I pick up my um she's nearly two when I pick up my toddler and we ask at the door, you know, I was like, did she, you know, if they give you the rundown of she napped, mm. blah, blah. And I was like, in food. And she was like, they're like, they, she eats everything in crash, everything they serve, every snack, every dish, everything. They're like, yeah, she eats great. She eats constantly. She's always eating. Mm. Nothing for me. Like we'll eat with anybody else. My husband takes her out, goes to his mother's, you know, sees other mm. people eats out all the time if I am present at the table won't eat so it's like they have these little I know why because she still looks at me like I'm a tub of hagen yeah but like it's they have their ways and means and they're so smart and they operate so well in the world in terms mm. of like how am I going to survive here right well she's mm. not around brilliant there's food yeah <laughs> let me eat it yeah. And well, plus, I think in childcare, um, you know, they keep an eye on everyone and everything, but there's they they don't have the same uh, expectation. You know, the, the, they provide the food and it's up to the child to eat the food, whereas it takes us more to adopt that. You know, when they're in childcare, it is provided they're sitting with their friends socially, you know, 
they're having so much fun and chatting with their friends. There's, you know, there's no performance anxiety on the child's part for food um, or there's no pressure. So, you know, sometimes we have to adapt to that as well. Rather than them having to please you with how much they eat, mm. focus on their skills so that look at you with your beaker and you great with your spoon and your fork. Thanks for sitting with me. Thanks for telling me about your day. Um, God, it's great. You, you have so many friends in Kresh. Um, so, you know, you don't want them to feel like they have to please you by how much they eat. Mm. No, it's really good. It has it's around it's just a positive relationship and making yeah. food a really warm, happy thing yeah, to have together. Exactly. Exactly. But for some, there are genuine concerns. You know, some, it's not a bad day or it's not a bad meal or it's not that vegetable that's just being rejected this week. For some, there are longer term problems that they are concerned with. What happens then when you are a parent with a child who you have a real concern for? So you still, you know, we're always here to help. We do one to ones and everything. Um, But it's, we're still trying to keep the atmosphere positive at the meal. And then we're trying to uh, bring about little changes without the child even realizing, you know, it's, uh, we don't go, we have a tendency as parents to go straight to, that's it, I'm just not offering them anymore. They just have to uh, eat it or, you know, not going to do it anymore. So it's taking the more softly, softly approach. Your child has to feel safe and secure all the time. Uh, and then we bring in little bits of change. So say, your child will only eat one type of pancake. You know, it has to be the blue packet of pancake and whatever, you know, rather than not buying the pancakes, gradually we would, you know, maybe, you know, take, start taking them, when we buy them, take them out of the packet so they don't actually realize it's a blue packet anymore. Uh, You know, store, if they have five foods that they'll only eat, that we store their five foods in, you know, a little, their shelf in the fridge or something and that's their you know they're safe with that and then gradually we might put a new food on the shelf without saying anything and letting them get used to it um so rather than seeing the five foods that they do like as the negative foods mm. you know they're actually your allies they're your friend foods they're the foods that they feel safe familiar with and help relax them so we use those foods to our advantage to help try and uh, bring in a new food or put a new food on the plate with no expectation of them to eat it. And um, so it's all, you know, safe, being safe, being secure. Um, and it's, you know, food chaining is when we say list the foods that the child eats and then think, okay, how can we make a chain from this food to that food? You know, so we'd look at the color, the texture, the, uh, the shape, the, you know, and gradually, maybe you want to go from pancakes to pasta, you know, so then we'd start to cut the pancakes in uh, to whatever shapes and, you know, gradually move along. So it's generally, you know, if you're, if you've got a five-year-old that has been a nightmare to feed for the last three years, you're not going to change overnight. It's gradual little steps all the time to help them feel safe, secure to get to where we want to go. But I suppose it's having a, a, a plan and a, you know a travel plan to where we want to go rather than it ending in an an argument every day that if they want the pancakes and you say no no pancakes today it's meatballs today and the child having a meltdown because there's nothing on the plate that's familiar with them and they're nearly having a little panic attack because they don't feel safe or secure or you know they're 
they don't want they don't want to fail you either so it's it's uh you know there's a middle ground and a gradual move along to where we want to go our goal is nutrition but what i'm hearing from you is it's it's actually it's more psychological there's mm. there's a lot more emotional uh tools that we need as parents when it comes yep. to feeding our children not just the breakdown of the nutrients and the, the food yeah. groups and the yeah. pyramid and it's actually so, it's it's helping them psychologically yeah there's four parenting food parenting styles and um i talk about more that that in the toddler class uh, it's kind of recognizing what your parent food parenting style is you know the the one that works least is the authoritarian that uh okay you not eat if you don't eat that you're not getting that um you know we feel like we're most in control but actually that has the worst outcome um i compare it to our food parenting skills or to a large part are like a 1940s 1950s school teacher with the mm, you know the ruler and yeah <laughs> so when you think about how much teaching has changed mm. um you know like school isn't about learning it's about being relaxed and being happy to be there and you know that's how teachers teach that um it's such a place it's a place where kids like to be mm-hmm. or that's the aim it's not about like you know the 1950s the, the discipline approach. anymore yeah yeah go. so we there's a lot we have to unlearn as parents and it keeps changing, which is why I'm so glad that you just mentioned there that there is a there's a toddler class as well, because just because you have a really good baby that eats well. Yeah. Oh, my God. Can they change their minds? So, yeah, exactly. And it's as their personalities develop um, often with a toddler, all they can do. All, the only thing that they can control in their life is, sometimes is the food. And, you know, it's uh, their growth has changed. So I think your baby, um, you know, you're gen, you know, you're in control within reason uh, and then as they become a toddler you know their their growth levels off but their brain development uh mm. you know takes off more so their power uh, yeah <laughs> and and they use their power there is so much to learn but i think what's really important is that there's more honest conversations around how food impacts us as parents because we want to do our best but we are living in a stressful world with work pressure cost pressures mm expectation pressures judgment pressures am I doing it perfectly you know and being marketed with that same thing of like this is how you're supposed to do it otherwise it's not good enough and it all eats away at our own anxieties and feelings of worth and you know have we got this right and are we going to do damage to our children um so thank you for sharing today around how like it's okay to just go back to basics yeah it's okay to live real life it's okay to make the table a warm, comfortable family experience. You know, let the stress go. Encourage good practices and good habits. But it's okay as well. If, yep. You know. And if it is a takeaway day, enjoy the takeaway. Enjoy and it. then, yeah, rather than, oh my God, I shouldn't be missing me. You know, yeah. that's, let's not carry the guilt. Oh, rolling, rolling with real life. And I suppose if, you know, parents sit down and say how do you see food being in our house when they're like 16 or you know what role does food play in our family at that age and then work back from there you know rather yeah rather than micromanaging Mm -hmm. now Mm -hmm. it's a really good way 
Thank you, Kathy, for joining us today. Pleasure. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you so much for listening and to Water Wipes, the world's purest baby wipes for their support. Proven to be purer than cotton wool and water, Water Wipes are made with just two ingredients and are 100% biodegradable, plastic-free and compostable wipes. So you can do what's best for your baby's skin and help protect the planet. If you enjoyed this conversation, subscribe, rate or leave a review. Share this episode across social and get in touch with this week's guest at weaning.ie on Instagram.